Well, hello, everybody. William Lutz here for the Beyond the Column podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I'm going to talk a little bit about the latest piece that I wrote for the Troy Daily News and the Pickwood Daily Call. It was uh, about the retirement of Marty Brenneman. And if you live in this part of Ohio, that name is very familiar. Um, Marty has been the voice of the Cincinnati Reds since about 1974, I believe. And um, he's called every run, every hit, and every error of that ball club. He has he has seen it all when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds. Um, he's helped us celebrate good times. Uh, I think about the Big Red Machine back in the 1970s. Uh, I think about the World Championship where they swept the Oakland A's in four games in 1990. And he's been with us through the lean times as well. Think about the decade of the 1980s. That was pretty lean. And think about where they are right now. Uh, They're pretty lean right now as well. And uh, through it all, Marty has always provided uh, his his blunt assessment of how this team is doing and uh, where the team goes from where they currently are. Um, all of this made me think about how hard, how incredibly hard, uh, radio is. Um, last summer I took my family to a, uh, to a vacation. Uh, we went to Chicago, Illinois. It was the first time that, uh, our kids and, and our entire family went to a, a big city. Um, so we were all excited about that. And if you know me, you know that I really like good talk radio. And one of my favorite hosts, uh, his name's John Williams. He works at WGNAM in Chicago. And when the decision was made to go to Chicago, I immediately contacted him and I said, Hey, do you think you would have time where I could possibly meet you? And he was beyond gracious. And, uh, I was able to meet Mr. Williams and it was really just kind of a highlight of my life, believe it or not. Um, so, uh, at the time the radio station was kind of moving from their old digs to their new digs. And so we met him at the new building, gave us a tour of the new studios, went into the newsroom, uh, met some of the other voices that we hear on the radio which was just an absolute treat. And uh, then we were able to go to the, um, the, the old studio, which they were currently using, on uh, Michigan Avenue. And their studio was called the Showcase Studio, and it was on the first floor of uh, Michigan Avenue. And it had this huge bank of windows where people could, could walk up. And... There we were, kind of huddled in this studio, my kids and I, my wife, we were all sitting in chairs where we were kind of kind of guests, if we were to be guests, and there was Mr. Williams talking into a microphone. And what I realized was so hard about radio is that when you talk into a microphone, you're communicating one side of a conversation you have absolutely no idea how what you're saying is going to be perceived by those people that are actually listening uh, to what you're talking about. 
and, and that's the thing that makes radio so hard. It is a, it is a conversation in slow motion, uh, because once you put, uh, an idea out there, a concept out there, a feeling out there, you get a delayed reaction on how that goes forward. Um, and usually that delayed reaction is in form of a phone call or, or maybe a, a text or how, however, uh, folks communicate. And even that makes podcasting here kind of hard, um, because you really have no idea how, what you are saying is being perceived by the masses and, you know, we can ask you to like and our our work here and send us tweets and emails and all this other stuff. And many people do, but but I'm sure there's a lot more that don't, especially if you look at the statistics that are provided. Um, you know, they, they the, the magic computer box tells me that on average 50 people listen to this uh, podcast every week. And I might hear from one or two folks. Now, I'm not complaining. I'm just letting you know that it can be terribly difficult um, to make sure that you're hitting the right notes uh, when you don't know how people are reacting to what you're saying, kind of especially in real time. And, you know, I'm sure Marty Brenneman kind of felt the same way. Now, he can take comfort in fact that, you know, he's not there putting forward his ideas so much as he's just relaying what he sees happening in front of him. He is, he is taking uh, facts that are laid in front of him and like the good ones, he's weaving a story into what's happening. And his stories, as he talks about it, are just uh, amazing descriptions of what's happening on the ball diamond. And the more that I thought about um, him and his work, you know, there are so many people that grew up uh, with Marty Brenneman. Um, I had the opportunity to meet him about six years ago, uh, down in Dayton. And so I go down uh, to Dayton. He was, uh, giving a talk at a lunch and, uh, in his typical blunt way, he was talking about how some players were underperforming or were often injured, um, talked about the players that were surprising to him. Um, it, but it was just a really good assessment of, of how the Cincinnati Reds were doing and where he thought the team was going from there. And of course, after he's done with lunch, there was kind of a meet and greet session and I had an opportunity to have a very short conversation with him. And I said, you know, you know, you, you don't realize how many times you put me to bed as a kid. And, <laughs> and he said, he said, I hear that all the time. And it was like, Oh wow. He, he probably does. Um, uh, because there were many people in my generation that, that, uh, listened to him, um, 
while they were going to bed. You know, it was the last voice they'd hear every night. At least it was for me. And uh, it was interesting because uh, I can I can quickly remember when the Reds were on at night. You know, sometimes um, you could go to bed after the game was over. Um, you know, the game could end as early as like 1030, depending on when they started. I you know maybe 10, 1030. But if they had a West Coast game, by the time you were going to bed, the game was just beginning. Uh, those games didn't start until about 10 o'clock here on the East Coast. And so that was that was kind of interesting to think about that. But, you know, Marty was a, a guy who who was like an uncle who was telling you a story that he was seeing right in front of you. And he had an amazing ability to connect with multiple generations. Um, Everybody seemed to have a warm spot for Marty Brenneman. Um, I can think of plenty of, of older ladies that enjoyed listening to Marty. Uh, My grandmother was one of them included. And I think there were a lot of young people, and I was probably one of them that enjoyed listening to that as well. And the fun part about listening to uh, Marty was was not so much him doing his job, but I'm thinking about places where I was when I was listening to him. We'll take a quick break, and we'll get back to that point here in just a moment. William Lutz back here for the Beyond the Column podcast. And and so I was thinking about the places where I remember listening to Marty um, do his job. And uh, one of the places that I remember was behind the wheel of my car. Um, I can remember one summer I had a great job working up at the Cedar Point Amusement Park. And I had the opportunity to come back home because I was not scheduled to work for 48 straight hours, which was just unheard of. Uh, Mostly you worked every day. Um, You did get one day off every week. Um, But um, to have 48 straight hours off, it was just kind of the the way the schedule went. And so I decided I was going to drive back home. And, and I remember uh, driving home uh, one afternoon and I was listening to a ball game. And I remember when my time was up, um, I clocked out uh, my last day there. I had to clock out at about uh, four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And by the time all the paperwork was done, it was getting on to about six. And, uh, Drove the three and a half hours from uh, Sandusky uh, down to where I was living in Troy. And, and you know, for most of that ride, there was Marty Brenneman <laughs> calling a Reds game. And I remember they were playing the Expos. Um, I remember one time working on a, a small project out in the garage and uh, listening to him call a game 
between the uh, Reds and the Tigers for an interleague game. Um, I remember one of the times my dad took me fishing. I had a little small radio in my pocket. And as listening to that game, I believe they played the Dodgers. And so all of these interesting things that, that I was just remembering in my life, uh, especially when it came into summer, uh, there was often a baseball game involved, and there was often uh, Marty Brenneman in the background providing a a soundtrack or at least a narration to the way summer was going. And so it, it is kind of sad to see um, Marty leave. Um, the, the, the airwaves and, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be much more difficult on him than it ever would be us. Cause every, anytime you do something for in excess of 40 years, it, it, it becomes a, a part of who you are. And I, I mean, it, it, it becomes a part of your identity. It becomes a part of your habits. It, 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 it would be hard not to. And it would be um, completely understandable if, if you know, he, he's got just this longing to come back after a couple weeks. Um, but I'm sure that, he, I mean, he'll do fine. Um, he's always come across as kind of a well-natured individual. And I, I doubt that, uh, and I doubt that he'll have any problems in retirement. I mean, even over the last couple of years, he's kind of taken a few days off here and there and to just kind of enjoy uh, life, you know. Um, he's certainly not getting any younger. Um, and I'm sure there's some things outside of the radio and baseball business that he wants to accomplish. And I'm sure that's what he wants to do. And, and you know, it's uh, kind of the same thing for for my buddy John Williams up there in Chicago. I'm sure there's things that he wants to do outside of the radio world as well. And um, I remember asking him, I said, how did you get into radio? What was it? And he said, I just, he said, you know, like it is with most things in life, uh, you find something you like and you just kind of fall into it. And and he, he he's kind of part of that, you know. He, uh, he went to school and he's a, he was a military kid, so he grew up really all over the country, but he ended up kind of settling down. His family grew as his fan, his high school years. He kind of grew up in, in the Chicago area, went to school down south in Illinois and got a job at a small radio station there and then moved up, moved up. Next thing you know, he's at one of the most uh, iconic radio stations in the world and uh, did some time up in Minneapolis, uh, worked for a radio station up there, and then, and then came back to Chicago. I mean, I, to tell you how amazing this guy is, I mean, I remember a few years ago listening to John Williams six hours a day. He would do a three-hour show in Chicago and then go to uh, another studio in the building and do another three-hour show uh, that was being done in Minneapolis. And um, six hours a day on the radio has got to be challenging. Um, two is not enough. 
three is a sweet spot. Six has just got to be a killer. And, and you could tell it was hard on him. Um, many times the Chicago uh, show sounded a lot like the Minneapolis show. Many of the same topics were covered. And uh, he would always get the uh, call signs of the stations confused too, which was kind of a funny thing. Um, I think I think he kind of ran contests sometimes. That you know, if you ever if you ever caught him having the wrong call sign on the wrong station, um, if you called in, you got a prize or something. I want to say he did that. It may not be completely accurate. I mean, it has been a while since he's <laughs> been a while since I've. Done <laughs> since he's been doing that. So maybe I've, maybe I'm not remembering that correctly, but you know, and, and that's the thing I want to know from you is, uh, do you guys listen to radio? Uh, good talk radio. Um, to me, good talk radio are topics that aren't overly controversial, uh, topics that are something where you feel like you could contribute uh, to the conversation and something that's, that's just local. Um, I do not listen to nationally syndicated, uh, radio programs. Those things tend to lack passion and desire. I like listening to, uh, folks that are on local radio stations. Um, there's a station out of Toronto. I listen to, um, there's a, Station out of Minneapolis, I listen to a station out of Chicago, station out of Cincinnati. There's a station out of Los Angeles. So you know, to me, uh, the power of of Good Talk Radio is the power of how hosts can relate to a local audience. And I will tell you something that's fun is that um, you know, get a good smartphone app. You can listen to radio stations all across the country, really all across the world. And sometimes when you text into these uh, radio stations and, and they're like, wow, we've got a listener from Ohio, you know, it, that's pretty fun uh, to do that. And, you know, occasionally I would have the opportunity to call into radio shows. I would do it occasionally. But the problem is there's sometimes there's a delay. Uh, there's a delay between what you're hearing on the um on the smartphone app and then what they're really talking about in real time. So the, by the time you call in, they've already gone to a commercial break or they've gone to a different topic or they've, they've put that one to bed and, and, you know, you're just kind of, eh, but, um, you know, I will say that, uh, I've, I've had the opportunity to be interviewed by Mr. Williams on the radio a few times and it's, it's just fun and it's exciting. And so that's the thing. If if you like radio, let me know. Feel free to give us a tweet at Beyond the Column or send us an email, Beyond the Column Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this program. Please feel free to tell your friends, neighbors uh, about the Beyond the Column Podcast. We're on all of the major podcasting sites. So thanks for listening. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.